Health Matters with Laura Kopeck focuses on matters of health and why our health matters and how we can take matters of our health into our own hands. I am your host, Laura Kopeck, and today we are going to talk about how to eat dairy. As a nutritionist, the question of cow's milk is by far one of the most controversial topics when I speak to groups of people. I often attempt to leave it out of the conversation, but inevitably someone always asks for my opinion on whether or not we should drink cow's milk. The problem is after the question is asked, no one really wants the answer. We are too confused by our love for dairy and our fear of osteoporosis that we are reluctant to consider that milk may not do a body good. Let's take an in-depth look at milk, whether or not we should consume it, and the reasons behind my position, and some very manageable strategies to help you make the best health choices surrounding one of our best-loved foods, cow dairy. The statement, milk does a body good, is one of many that has convinced Americans to consume vast amounts of dairy. But we often fail to understand what milk even is. Milk in the United States is the breast milk of a cow designed to grow a baby calf, an already large animal, into a full-size cow. Americans drink it in large quantities or eat it in a variety of forms such as cheese and yogurt. But many do not realize there might be a real problem with humans using nature's food designed specifically for the cow. There are several reasons. First, let's begin with a brief look at the nutrient differences between human breast milk and cow's breast milk. Human breast milk contains 7% protein, 39% carbohydrate, and 54% fat. Cow's milk contains 19% protein, 29% carbohydrate, and 52% fat. If you consider Mother Nature's recommendations for humans, we have a greater need for both fats and carbohydrates over protein in our milk, while cows have a much greater need for protein and significantly less need for carbohydrates. These differences between cow's milk and human milk may be just enough to make cow's milk a problem for human. In fact, infants who drink infant formula containing milk proteins have a greater chance of developing diabetes later in life but it's not just our infants that should be avoiding cow's milk. The second reason cow's milk can be a real problem for humans, especially adults, is the mature human body does not produce enough enzymes to digest milk. After we have completed puberty and finished growing, our biological need for any breast milk is over. Our body's production of lactase, an enzyme needed to digest milk, decreases significantly or stops altogether. In many cases, when the loss of enzymes to digest breast milk is noticeably enough, we are diagnosed as being lactose intolerant. Then when cows are treated with antibiotics, their milk is even further depleted in enzymes. Cow's milk is different than human breast milk and becomes very difficult to digest as we age, both from a lack of enzymes in our body and from the additives the cow consumes. Most people believe that cow's milk is an important source of calcium, that we are not convinced it is dangerous to our health. 
We need to rethink our dairy consumption as to whether or not we truly need for our calcium, cow's milk. We have been convinced milk is our only source of dietary calcium and are afraid to eliminate it from our diets. We definitely need calcium for many reasons, including the health of our bones. But due to our inability to break down cow's milk effectively, about 30% of that much needed calcium is actually absorbed. So if we absorb so little of the calcium in milk, cow's milk cannot completely satisfy our calcium needs. Consider other foods such as almonds, carrots, cabbage, and sesame seeds, which contain more usable calcium to provide you with the added calcium you need. Consuming foods containing more usable calcium means more of it's absorbed and the body benefits much more. Let's talk about growth hormones and pasteurization. Growth hormones in milk pose serious health risks. They find their way into a lot of the milk produced in this country. If a milk product is hormone-free, it is labeled as such. Growth hormones in dairy, like meat, increase a farmer's and manufacturer's production at your expense. And when fed indirectly to children through meat and dairy, growth hormones have been linked to early onset puberty and associated with increased risk of breast and prostate cancer. Pasteurization is basically heating the milk to slow down the spoilage rate and reduce, but not eliminate, the potential number of pathogens in the milk. But this is done at the expense of necessary amino acids that help break down the excess proteins and other necessary vitamins and minerals, such as C, B12, calcium, magnesium, and potassium. Even now, a number of chronic conditions like Crohn's disease are being linked to pasteurized cow's milk. It would all be worth it if we could guarantee that pasteurization protects us against contaminated milk, but it doesn't do this 100% of the time. In 1985, an outbreak of salmonella occurred in pasteurized milk, affecting 14,000 people in the state of Indiana, proving that pasteurization is not fail-safe. If pasteurization does not fully protect us against pathogens while reducing the milk's nutritional value and our ability to digest an already complicated food, then the alternative would seem to be unpasteurized milk, also known as raw milk. Weston Price Foundation promotes the consumption of raw dairy. Supporters of this idea have led a movement back to consuming raw milk. However, this also led to the study of raw milk and with it some unexpected results. In an attempt to examine the true risks surrounding the consumption of raw milk, researchers discovered an antibiotic-resistant strain of bacteria, Klebsiella pneumonia, that it existed in both raw and pasteurized milk. This resistant strain was also found in both conventional and organic farms. While organic farms may protect consumers from the use of growth hormones and antibiotics, consumers can still be at risk for resistant bacteria that multiply in dairy cow population around the world. In rural places around the world, the handling of raw, pasteurized, or boiled milk may be compromised, and the safety of dairy products altogether is questionable. 
geographic areas where animals are more susceptible to tick bites require more diligence in the handling of raw milk. And certainly research suggests that these geographic areas should pasteurize their milk to reduce the risk of contamination. The safety of raw milk largely depends on the handling conditions and temperature control efforts that include keeping milk at specific cold temperatures. However, similar to the evolution of drug-resistant bacteria, there are species of bacteria that are proving to be cold-resistant. Maybe Mother Nature is trying to tell us something. Maybe milk should go straight from its mother to its young, and any variation of this risks consequence. Many of our health issues with milk begin very young. Infants who drink infant formula containing cow's milk proteins have a 52% greater chance of developing diabetes later in life. From infancy, many children develop an allergy to cow's milk protein. Approximately 26% of children have an allergy to milk, contributing to gastrointestinal issues, skin issues such as eczema, respiratory issues, and even anaphylactic shock, which can sometimes result in death. Another significant problem associated with consuming cow dairy during childhood is constipation. Over 15% of children see their pediatrician for constipation alone, and the leading cause in most of these cases is cow's dairy. And constipation is not an affliction reserved for the young. Many adults also suffer from a variety of colon issues, with colon cancer still being a prevalent and epidemic problem in this country. Concerns with cow's milk also means that products made from cow's milk, such as butter, yogurt, and cheeses, can all carry similar health issues. Cheese is a favorite food around the world, but many of us have no idea how cheese is made. Cheese is milk that has been acidified or soured, and then a particular ingredient is added to change the chemistry of the milk, making it into different flavors and consistencies. These ingredients will curdle the sour milk or set the cheese into a rubbery gel. A number of different agents are used such as vinegar, lemon juice, vegetable sources called vegetable rennet, made from fungus, or enzymes. Other cheeses are often made with a different substance called animal rennet. Animal rennet can be pieces of cut up baby cow stomach, specifically the inner mucosa of the fourth stomach of a calf. It is cleaned and dried and added to salt water where vinegar or other ingredients are added. This animal rennet mixture is added to the sour milk. Cheese is also very high in casein, a milk protein. Casein is very difficult to digest for anyone who has a digestive issue. Many of us are unwilling to give up dairy completely, at least not the cheese part. So if you are unwilling to give up cheese completely, you should have some strategies for making the best possible choices. Consider easier to digest cheeses such as organic, raw cheese, organic pasteurized cheese, cheese made with vegetable rennet, or water bath cheeses. Raw cheese contains all the enzymes to help break down the milk proteins because it has not been pasteurized, but be sure to buy organic when dealing in raw to minimize risk factors. Cheese made with vegetable rennet is free of animal rennet or you can consider goat cheese made from goat milk. 
Goat products are an important alternative to cow's milk products, especially for growing and developing children. Goat milk has been proven to be easier to digest, often resolves gastrointestinal distress, and can be safe for individuals with asthma and eczema. Even though there is doubt surrounding goat milk as a complete replacement for cow's milk for those allergic, evidence does suggest that some people can tolerate goat milk when they can't tolerate cow's milk. During a child's development, especially prior to and during puberty, calcium needs need to be met through other food sources. If you consume goat milk products, it supplies the needed calcium and nutrients without the complicated proteins and compromised digestibility. Studies show children that consume goat's milk instead of cow's milk experience greater growth, better height and weight, and better overall nutrient content to their blood. Strategies such as changing to goat milk are one of many that help us improve our health when it comes to dairy. All right, let's talk about all these strategies and what you can do right now. Go organic and go whole. If you're going to drink milk, at least switch to organic whole milk. Yes, whole milk, so the fat can help break down the protein. And organic, so that you can at least eliminate the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides used in conventional dairy farms. Another option is to try almond milk. It's a great alternative to cow's milk. There are a lot of different non-dairy milks, such as hemp, soy, and coconut milk, rich in protein, calcium, and healthy fats. Especially almond milk is one of the best choices of the alternative milks. Think about eating this, not that, right? Consume organic, pasture-fed, or grass-fed butter over conventional butter. And if you cannot buy pasture-fed or grass-fed butter, real butter is still a better choice over margarine. Since many toxins found in dairy are located in the milk water as opposed to the milk fat, butter is often less problematic for a lot of people, but still should be one of the highest quality. Regular butter is fine in moderation, but organic is better, and organic pasture-fed or grass-fed is the best. And of course, eating real butter over margarine reduces the health risks associated with synthetic food products. Know your cheese. Read your labels. Know which cheeses are made with animal reddit and which ones are not. Avoid, if you can, cheese that is made with animal rennet. Switch to easier to digest cheeses that are made with vegetables. Grocery stores uh, that focus on health food will often label their cheeses. Or you can switch to cheese that is kneaded or washed in warm water, which will lower the acidity of the cheese. These include mozzarella, provolone, gouda, and colby. Mozzarella can be found packaged in water. Fermented and plain. Consume fermented dairy, such as plain yogurt, which may allow more effective digestion of the lactase and casein since fermentation pre-digests the milk. Avoiding sugar and sweetener-laced yogurts is a much better choice for your immune system. Yogurt is counterproductive to our health when sugar is added or worse yet, when yogurt is made with aspartame or food dyes. 
Organic plain yogurt is more easily tolerated by the digestive system. And if eating plain yogurt makes your face pucker, try adding a little bit of raw honey or pure maple syrup to avoid the damaging sugars added to the yogurt prior to packaging. Other dairy products need to be considered with sugar as well. Many of us like our ice cream. Ice cream is dairy combined with sugar. This combination can be a real problem for many people because the combination of sugar and dairy proteins is very difficult to digest. And sometimes artificial ingredients such as polysorbate 80 brings unwanted chemicals into our body. Sugar is often genetically modified. So ice cream should be organic, both for the milk quality and the sugar quality to minimize the impact on our digestive system. In conclusion, we should be more aware of the risk to our health and our digestion by consuming cow dairy. Being aware of inflammatory foods and how they impact our health can lead us to making better choices, both in quality and quantity. I'm your host, Laura Kopek, and today's episode was a discussion about cow dairy so that we can have healthy strategies for inflammatory foods in order to take charge of our own health. Thank you for listening, and join me again for another episode of Health Matters with Laura Kopek.